0: Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. So <laughs> you're all gasmatic. You're all gasmatic. Sneaking in the back door with daddy, might seem. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans And so You're all an gasomatics.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A Love. It's been so fucking long, and we're back, bitches.
0: Oh hell yeah, we are. <laughs> it's great to be talking to you again. Like, it's not so that we good didn't to be talk,
1: back. But... This is this is home. This feels like home
0: homo home. oh it does wow actually i just got like over i mean it could have been the vape hit i took but i've like basically got a nice sense of emotional overwhelmingness when you said that so it must be true we've
1: been doing this group
0: for how
1: many years now
0: six uh, seven Wait, no. yeah holy shit wow we are some dedicated podcasters yeah and we've done it all gratis for your listening, entertainment amusement, um whatever all those words,
1: yeah, all those words <laughs> well, I'm glad that we're finally back we We went away for personal reasons uh life be life in and life be lifein'. it's okay because that's just we're humans we we are not meant to pretend like we are okay when we're not. So I'm so glad we're back. I feel like we're opening a new page on this story. Mm. A new old page, if you will. But we're we're not gonna do what we used to do anymore for the screw. Um the last however many episodes we kind of changed our format so that we could be a little bit more educational and exploratory. And it was fine and it was fun and I learned a lot. But at the same time, uh, I think it was we deviated too far from our original intent, which was just to be nonchalant about sex.
0: From our roots. Right? From our roots. Yeah.
1: What'd you say?
0: I said we deviated too much from our roots really, right? That's like
1: Exactly. Like we we changed the screw to something that was unrecognizable for ourselves. Mm. And I think that's what put us in a lot in a position of feeling a lot of pressure to fulfill this mission that we never really wanted to begin with. So it's nice to come back to the table with our original idea, which is to basically be ourselves and have a little bit of a hangout. We
0: want to be real. We don't want to be performative. Like uh, there's too much performing in life. We don't want to read
1: information and we don't want to just too much. If I have to do research, I'm not having fun anymore. Now, It's one thing to have a question and then be like, I want to figure out the answer to that. It's another thing to feel like we have to do homework for the podcast, right? That's not our intent. It was never our intent. It was never... The goal. So I'm glad
0: we're back to basics, essentially. Back to the basics. Back to the butt suck sex basics. Oh, wow. Back to the
1: butt sex basics. <laughs> I
0: love that. Stuff. Well, like, and like, for those of you who don't know, and if you're newly listening, like, basically, how many years ago? Uh, ugh, I don't know how old we are now, but at least 15 years ago. Like, we were chilling in a class and we were, like, realized how little people know about all sorts of stuff. But <laughs> especially uh, around human sexuality and just, like, kind of, like, how to, like, find and enjoy, like, pleasurable things in your life against all odds, as I would see most of the time. So, Yeah,
1: 17 years ago, we realized that people don't know how to tuck their thumb knuckle while fisting
0: right like we just (laughs) or or to clip those nails
1: oh god god oh god please clean underneath them before you clip them because that's so fucking important
0: yeah i ain't trying to get like bacteria up my hole you know what i'm saying
1: God, we don't want bacteria. There's enough bacteria. We don't need more.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, and right. So, you know, we started trying to do these videos, like, that weren't just, like, informational to, like, us, but, like, hopefully like a more comfortable way you know like people used to ask little questions about all sorts of like stuff that some of us take for granted and like you know our young asses were putting up videos without reading the licensing and <laughs> posting <laughs> agreements and getting kicked off or either swearing or smoking too much marijuana on screen which like the world has totally changed now in terms of that but like even though like oh yeah there are still things that haven't Their policy that like explicit like drug use on camera is still like a no, but you know, I don't think these things are being monitored in the same way they were 17 years ago (laughs) when we couldn't, we would grab a following and then boom, we would disappear. Like, you know, unfortunately, but yeah,
1: Brooklyn bound debauchery, it's it's sad to to think about it, but hey, we still have a couple videos in the archives, which is always fun to revisit we had a good time we did have a good time
0: and you know i i was fondly remembering all the wonderful lesbians that were excited to talk to us about sex and sexual activities back in the day um and yeah
1: we really were like a a lesbian uh 411 uh, just information center which is fantastic because Neither of us are lesbians, so uh, it just worked right. in our favor. We had like a, a, a gaggle a of thing
0: lesbians. Thing. A gaggle of lesbians and a couple of token gay boys and bi's here and there. Um, but yeah, it was kind of beautiful. It so, so It
1: was. And you know what's fun is most of those lesbians I'm still friends with.
0: I know. Shout out to
1: Megan, who I saw a couple of weeks back, oh, back in my hometown. Little Megan. We went, to, we went to that femme bar, that new lesbian bar in Worcester.
0: Oh shit! So fun.
1: Oh, what a wow. fun moment!
0: Wow. Okay, so that actually is a perfect segue-, segue to one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. I came, yeah, I came across an interesting article um, the other day um, from Smithsonian Magazine, of all. Interesting places. <laughs> and it was titled The Rise and Fall of America's Lesbian Bars. Apparently, there's only 15 nightlife spaces dedicated to queer and gay women in the United States. 15? Yes, yes, What the fuck?
1: I know. I heard that. It's really crazy. There was a lot more in the past, and they've slowly gone away, which is why it was such a big deal that femme bar opened in Worcester because Hell yeah. it was like notably one of the, the few, uh, you know, there was, they, they basically posted about that. They were like, there's not <laughs> lesbian or queer femme specific places left. And so we need that and we need it here. And I was like, this is beautiful. And I went and the owner was fucking lovely. I did karaoke. Was the owner queer? So was the owner happy queer? happy for me to do it. What was that?
0: Was the owner queer?
1: Yes. Oh, well, beautiful. I mean, i i did I didn't ask her her specifics, but I believe she was a lesbian. Nice. Or a, a queer person in general. And I, yeah, she was. She was lovely, and every the vibe was lovely. Everything was just fantastic. So I was very. And there might be more than one owner, so I'm just speaking on like sure, my very sure, short sure, sure. No, that's there.
0: Awesome, yeah. The Fem Bar, oh, awesome! You got to check that out, y'all, if you're in the Wisteria area. Yeah, it's area where the
1: old know. dive bar used to be. Remember oh, that? really? Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I do remember that. Um, oh my God, that's yeah. I'll, although I will say my, as much as I remember it, I probably couldn't tell you. In all the world, how to get there? I cannot believe it's just
1: on—it's just on Green Street. It's right up. Um, oh, okay. Kelly Square.
0: Oh, Green Street. That wait—that Kelly Square is that like crazy rotary still in Kelly Square?
1: So okay, so Polar Park was built, which is the Polar the Park. new baseball field, uh, okay. baseball thing. Okay, and that's right down there in Kelly Square. Nice. There's all these like. Old industrial buildings that were turned into like breweries and all this other shit. So there's a lot going on there. So they basically had to take that shit house rotary and make it into like a three lane. It's still a rotary, but it makes a lot more sense now and okay. it, it's easier to navigate. It's still a shit show, but it it is a lot easier because there's actually like lanes like painted. And (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing.
0: You know, Um, like I moved to Boston or Worcester from Boston, and I really thought that there was like going to be nothing worse than Boston traffic until I got to Worcester and (laughs) tried to get through Kelly Square for the first time. (laughs) I was like, this is really just you put that cigarette in your mouth, you like downshift, and you just slam that gas pedal until like you hope you make it through it was beautiful
1: honestly exactly that I feel like the the way that I learned to be such a great driver is just figuring out how to navigate Kelly Square which I had to do in my first or not in my first in my driving uh test my road uh, test right. I had to drive through Kelly Square and I was just like driving's a piece of fucking cake because I was able to do that fucking rotary with no issue.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that is absolutely beautiful. So um oh right. So, you know, before I lose complete track of my thoughts. So what do you think you know like what do you think is one of the reasons for this decline in like like queer and gay female like meeting spaces and social spots? like is that like like... i'd
1: love i'd love to say that it's
0: because queer
1: women femme non-binary female presenting i'm just speaking in general terms feel welcome at other queer spaces but we know that that's not the fucking case right we absolutely know that that's not the case so maybe there are some bars that satiate that need and And everybody can get along and hang out together, sure. Mm. But I don't know. I would love to actually know the reason behind it, if there is a reason. Because I personally think that it's been something missing, even from my own life, for the longest time. You know, I feel like most of the time I would go to gay bars and... The only women there, I mean, not the only, there was always a few, right? But the only women there were not queer. They were there with their gay or queer guy friends, right? And, and or they were there to watch the drag show and, and it was a bachelorette party, mm. right? Like it was just like it was very much so, never really a, a super femme heavy space.
0: Sure. sure. And,
1: I always wanted that, you know, especially as like a a young queer kid going to to you know, you and I would go to Providence and the queer bars there, and you yeah. know, the the couple that Worcester had and stuff. But there was not a ton of women
0: around. Yeah. So and so,
1: I feel like it's been a need for a long time, but I don't know why it hasn't been something that I don't know. Maybe maybe statistically, it doesn't make sense in certain areas i just i'm not sure you know know.
0: okay so like to that point so i'll connect i'll say something that like you know in albuquerque here like you know there's two queer bars and then like uh a queer poser nightclub and and i'll get back to the third in in a minute (laughs) what i mean by that but You know, I thought about that a lot when I came across this article many years ago at Montreal Pride. I met this uh, lesbian sociologist and uh, I can't remember her name, which I feel awful for. But, you know, new information comes in, old information goes out these days. So, but like, you know, there was this kind of conversation about, you know, when she did a lot of studying around the, the pink economy and, you know, the queer dollar and all this kind of like influx in the last twenty plus years of like spending around and targeting around you know queer folks for you know their their money their their vacation time, their whatever right and it turns mm-hmm. out like most of that target really was almost a hundred percent targeted at queer men. Right. So lesbians weren't even a thought on some degree in the whole pink dollar formation of targeting. Which
1: is so interesting. Just to interject. That's so interesting because isn't it statistically shown that lesbians have the most money they do they're better
0: at financial planning and i mean obviously this is just like kind of like based on on some of the stuff but they and, and there's a reason for that right like if you are responsible for children or historically have been responsible for children the idea of financial planning is always laid on the kind of woman's you know thing to ensure that there's 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 money for the resources and the food and the care that is needed for not just herself, but the whole family, right? So there is mm-hmm. a kind of like, kind of historical perspective with it. But like, more importantly, like, if you're erasing the idea of, you know, queer women from like your strategy, and and this is where I'll connect to the poser nightclub idea, or poser queer nightclub, is owned by a Republican woman, hetero cis woman who uh, has helped start the local chapter of the Log Cabin Republicans here in Albuquerque, <laughs> and she has put all of these trans flags and, like, queer flags all over her nightclub that she owns um, without any queer co-owners um, and, and while supporting, like, Republican Party politics, right? God, uh... Republican platforms, like, sands the whole, like, we hate faggots <laughs> platform. She considers herself an ally and all that jazz. But, like, you know, we have a huge critique about these things of, like, co-optification in our society and, like, a heterosexual person earning our queer dollars off of, like, just allyship. That's, that's not allyship. <laughs> right. That's just,
1: Unless you're turning around that... and supporting a... Right. you know a
0: queer homeless
1: shelter with right. that money i don't want I, that's nonsense this it's is oppor-
0: nonsense. opportunism and it's great and as far as Absolutely. i know the uh, one of the other two like explicitly queer bars here um, is also heterosexually owned, <laughs> so you know. What and if, if you look around in New York City, actually, you'll also see this is the case with many New York bars. Which kind of puts us back to the day when, like, the mob owned a lot of like queer bars in New York, right? right. <laughs> These people that like have no affinity for the community socially, <laughs> but are again more than happy to like recognize the market and and, and take our dollars right and so like I just bring this back to the idea like if your target is constantly like you know excluding like I mean it's also just kind of bad business but like this lesbian erasure has kind of like left this void and and I and I think it's deliberate on some level because of obviously you know sexism but like you know maybe this this kind of like sexism has really grown into this um, blind spot, right? Because I don't think it's because the market's not there. If you look at somebody somewhere like Albuquerque, there are a lot of lesbians here. And like you couldn't make an argument that, yes, if you go out to the bars here, you see wonderful integration of both queer males and females and the trans community. It seems very integrated, right? Um, which you know, it's a smaller city, so okay, maybe somewhere like Albuquerque it makes sense to have just kind of integrate integration. And on some level, you know, that's a nice thing. It feels nice, you know. You go out in New York, you don't, you know, there's lesbians that live in New York, but these bars in New York, you mostly call gay bars. There's I I don't believe any lesbian. Well, there may be one lesbian bar left in the West Village. I don't remember the name of it now, but like there used to be more. One of the first queer bars I ever went to in New York was a lesbian cowgirl bar. <laughs> so, I like, <laughs> I think it was, like, on Houston Street or whatever, and it was, like, fabulous. But, like, you could also s- feel that there felt like a ne- network of safe space for the women attending there. You know, that, like, sure. you know, just kind of, like, what are you are you are you here to integrate the space to hit on women <laughs> as a male like or are you like kind right. of like the queer male ally to lesbians however you want to <laughs> word it which you know right I, I always say I was raised by a beautiful pack of lesbians, so that is like <laughs> my foundation so fine i yeah, love so love the, the indigo the Girls. Thumb
1: bar that I, the thumb bar that I went to it was you know it was. There's nowhere that says this is a lesbian bar, right? right? There was no bi erasure happening. there's no mm-hmm. queer- you know there there was plenty of non binary and trans people there. There were also straight men there. Mm-hmm. There was a few straight men there that were confused okay. that didn't understand that it was actually a queer bar um uh. that was interesting they I remember Me- Megan walked up to order a drink, and one guy turned to her. And said, "You know, nobody's nobody's talking to us here." And, I, and she was like, "And I don't think that's going to happen, sir." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> like
1: there are these two, they stuck out like four thumbs. Like they they just didn't get the memo. I think, and not that there there were pussies all over the walls. I don't understand how they didn't understand. But um, but then like I had two of my straight guy friends with me. And they were doing karaoke and everybody was like getting into it, you know, like there was absolutely no, you know, you can't come in if you're a fucking dude or if you're not a lesbian specifically or, you know, there's none of that at all, which was awesome because it really did make for a dynamic space. But most of the people there were of some queer flavor, femme, non-binary women, you know... Under that umbrella, if you will. So like it was it was definitely a cool vibe because there wasn't any specific mm-hmm. rules, if you will. But at the same time, it was a safe space and you could tell that it was that. So it was really cool. I really, really liked the vibe in there. I was very impressed. Oh, you that's know?
0: awesome. It's 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 so perfect when you can walk into a place and feel just like okay, this place I can feel comfortable in, I can feel welcomed in, I can feel, be myself in. Like, it's, it's like no other feeling, really. Absolutely, absolutely. So the last thing I want to mention about this, this whole, you know, idea of, of diminishing, you know, queer spaces for women is, Um, there are two people Erica Rose and Alina Street who have launched um, the Lesbian Bar Project. Um, So if you have some money and are looking to help, they are looking to especially post-COVID help the remaining lesbian bars stay open and hopefully incentivize more people to open them. Because you know, even Roxanne Gay uh, was quoted saying, you know, like I don't understand why this is happening. These are huge cities. It's not like there are less Lesbians, you know, so right, and, you know, and I think it looks like COVID definitely like fueled a lot of like other closures as it did for a lot of other, you know, businesses. But, um, th- this is an interesting project, check it out. It's just called the Lesbian Bar Project. And, um, you know, if you're curious about what they're doing and want to support them, go for it. Fuck yeah,
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so, are we going to open? a queer bar like
0: what's good oh, I know I honestly my my concern somewhere like even Albuquerque if we open a lesbian bar it would drain all the business from the other bars <laughs> but I love you know like and, and that's kind of the thing you know maybe that's the way we need to think in the community let's stop opening gay or lesbian or trans bars like let's open bars where it's understood that this is where the community intersects socializes strategizes um organizes you know I think I
1: do think that that's sort of
0: the intent of a lot of the the queer bars
1: that are the newer ones, right, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily the older ones that are still going strong, having like dude orgies in the bathroom and shit, but like <laughs> you mean like the eagle. That, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you knew exactly what I meant, <laughs> but i do <laughs> I do think that um I do think that there is a difference between a bar that I don't know guys have a lot of space out there already. Right. Like we, we, I think it would be cool. I, I do agree with you because there is an exclusionary factor. Once we get into splitting hairs about lesbian versus this versus that. But I do think that it is cool to see a place be successful with you know, feminine energy inside of it. I love that idea. So I do, I do agree that there is a a need for just more uh, understandably queer spaces and ones that aren't just packed with guys, honestly, but at the same time, I, I, well, I would love to, I, yeah, we're, we're opening a Well let's,
0: bar l- let's be real, like, and not just places where the primary focus is, like, drinking. You know, like, part of the thing is, is like, you know, and I'm always looking at, you know, the community and where our, our stress points are. You know, a lot of the spaces that we have, like, traditionally and historically had to gather around do tend to be, like, centered around, like, a night, n- nightlife idea which is great, you know, but maybe it's time for us to, like, Reimagine like more diverse spaces for us to socialize and come together in, you know, not just gastropubs and or whatever, but like a space that has a multifunction purpose, you know, like bars that do, you know, function as community centers, as resources, as you know, uh, that have nights that do like support and host, like you know, a a a queer woman's night versus a queer men's night. So, like, that kind of, like, solidarity and community building can happen too and, like, safe space can be imagined, you know? So, I mean... Of course, I'm always up for having drinks available, but like, you know, super loud music throughout the whole establishment doesn't actually even cultivate socializing, right? You know, it's fun to dance and whatever, but maybe some of these spaces can have more multifaceted rooms, you know? Maybe there's a quiet, quiet bar, cafe, like corner where people can like talk and get to know each other better and then like hit the dance floor, you know? I don't know.
1: That's fun. Okay, don't give everybody our bar idea. Oh, you're right. Uh, see,
0: my husband's always accusing me. He's like, you just give out those ideas, like, for free. <laughs> All right, well, I patented this idea right here on the air. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: well, especially because we don't have the money to actually do that. Yeah. Like, we have to be careful with giving away our ideas. So it's not point. like we're opening the shit soon.
0: <laughs> good point. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think, you know, these are the kind of, productive conversations I would love to see like you know we're we're in tough times economically like a lot of personal stress and isolation especially since COVID has hit the community hard <laughs> you know and like very relatable to many people so you know when we come back together let's not imagine more isolated space let's imagine more integrated space you know
1: Agreed. Agreed. I do. I, my preference personally is to be around everybody. Right. right totally. Just I think it's fun that way, but I also understand why people, especially because if you, again, if you look at most, let's just call it gay bars, you're going to walk in and it's going to be so many men. And you are going to to potentially not want to be in that entire sea of men with, like, three ladies in the corner talking amongst themselves, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, right. I just think that it's, the, you know, the if the environment doesn't feel inclusive, it won't be inclusive, you know? Right,
0: right, right, right. Totally. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's a lot of conversations <laughs> still to be had about that, you know, but I I do you know, think it's a prime, prime opportunity, you know, for us to do that. I think a lot of people have thought about and had to experience like isolation during these times. And like, I don't think most people enjoyed it that much. (laughs) I think it's kind of like, you know, shed those, those hardliners who are like, I prefer to be alone. Well... I don't think we realize how not alone we are most of the time until we're really alone, you know. And very true. I think COVID gave a test of that. So okay, so do what you can to help support. If you got some extra money, go open a nice. uh, see. You know. (sighs) Do I want to be politically correct? But we always just called them dyke bars. Like they were like. Like, the dykes on bikes, I remember when they, like, started becoming politicized at pride parades. Like, we gotta, like, allow that we're able to talk about our community the way we want to talk to, with the language we want to use.
1: Yeah, I've never, fuck, fuck, that that falls into respectability politics for
0: me, you know.
1: If you're listening and something feels jarring, it's because you're not a part of our community. And that's Uh all that there is to
0: it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's, like, there's a lot of, like, gatekeeping conversations I've been noticing going on lately. And, like, you know, I am all for us coming together to make sure that we're respectful of each other. But, you know, when I see... Some trans people, like gatekeeping other trans people about what language they're allowed to use to describe their experience. And like, you know, and I get it. A lot of times there's a lot of things politically at stake when we're like trying to find the right language to describe situations. But that's usually pertaining to the outside world. (laughs) You know, and, and we're all allowed to represent our understanding of <laughs> our own identity ourselves. <laughs> like, absolutely, we absolutely. Are. Greetings, Goofy. I'm Camryne Eileen Maharet Jarrell, aka Transnito, BKA Tranos. Say it with your whole chest, or I'll seduce your dad and biopeg him at the family get together. Try me. I'm the host of Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast about current events, comedy, and calamity. Everywhere podcasts can be streamed, Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that force-feeds you clam strips in a White Castle parking lot. Um, I know you're familiar with Lucha Libre.
1: A little yeah. bit. <laughs>
0: okay, so <laughs> um, I wanted to, like, you know, just kind of pick your brain. So have you ever heard of Cassandro El Exótico? The the kind of like the exotico being like the kind of queers that are wrestling wrestling in Luta Libre historically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yes. so uh interestingly enough, I watched this like documentary about Cassandro a while ago and the person who did Yeah, it...
1: I participated in the cassandro cup last year yes, you participated yes,
0: yes. in the Cassandra cup last year i'm sorry Cassandra
1: was not there but it's just the name of it it's just like a paying homage kind of thing but oh, yeah that's beautiful
0: to... right so <laughs> so we saw the documentary and then the person who did the documentary recently did um a film with amazon i think it's an amazon original or something to that effect and bad bunnies in it um like a like very brief small part but like he's like second billing go figure he's barely in the film but <laughs> that's marketing for you um and so this guy created like kind of like a more like fictional scripted version of of his his documentary with um Gabriel Ga- Garcia in it um playing cassandro and he does a wonderful job in the performance he definitely transforms the way he looks in it and like you know you definitely feel not an offensive flamboyance to him he actually understates the role really nicely i have to say in terms of like portraying the character Um, but for those who don't know this is a very out uh lucha libre wrestler when this was not a time you know i think it like or 90s, right? Something like that. Where this was, like, heavily accepted in this, like, kind of macho wrestling world, right? And, um, you know, so we're, like, watching this film because, like, you know, it is impressive to be out and proud when nobody around you. And his whole thing was that, you know, these exoticos were always to lose. They were always the, um, what do you guys call them, like, the heel like or Mm -hmm. you know they're they're like not the one the audience wants to favor winning and like definitely the non-exotico wrestler is always gonna like basically beat the shit out of them (laughs) you know and this is like a really like intense thing watching these footages of them like you know calling them Gulero and maricon and like all these kind of (laughs) words for faggot you know in spanish and like But, like, he, like, embodies it and, like, you know, he, like, uses it as fuel to, like, fuel himself to success, you know, kind of. And becomes, like, I mean, he's still alive. I shouldn't talk about him in the best sense, but for, (laughs) you know, becomes pretty famous, you know. And he's from El Paso, which is, like, right around the corner from Albuquerque, basically. You know, I'll... Oh, you know the Southwest is so freaking big. So eight hours away is around the corner here. But um, so you know, like one watched it, and you know, I have to say, like, you know, there's there's an element of it of where you know he has this very, you know, DL relationship um with you know this other wrestler, and you know this theme has like you know comes up in a lot of movies, but I what I loved about you know him is that he demands you know he's like you i want you to be with me be with me and guys like married with kids and stuff and like you know he's basically like no i'm not gonna do that so you know he fucking moves on basically you know um but like the whole reason i'm bringing this up is we've had such like a hot button lately and you know gabrielle he loves to play queer characters And he's not queer. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Bad Bunny loves to, like, flaunt his allyship, but he's not queer. (laughs) I mean, not explicitly so. I mean, they can all play their harry style word games right now but like until you like express that you are a part of the community you're not a part of the community sure <laughs> that sure. is that's i the do kind of i do f- love
1: a person with the platform of bad bunny being an openly uh, an open ally of course um because you know bad bunny is like the taylor swift of of <laughs> you know the world as far as his influence is insane, right? And they're so the number
0: one and two most streamed on Spotify. So, that right, kinda... so it's
1: beautiful to to have somebody with such influence. You know Support
0: how help
1: the the queer community in general, but I do understand what you're saying.
0: Absolutely, well, you know, because the question always comes, and like you know, you certainly understand um, uh, what's what's this, what's the gentleman's name from Pose? Oh, well, actually, I think they're not. Gentlemen anymore, they' they um, but his critique of like Harry Styles and like the queer baiting like it's a uh, Billy Porter, of course, um yes, yeah, yeah. um, but there's this like also ferocious gatekeeping happening from like a slightly older generation, you know that's like definitely, I understand where it's coming from. We don't want people queer baiting to take our queer dollars, but we. Again, just referencing to our previous conversation, we don't seem to do a lot of research about who owns the bars that we're putting thousands and thousands of dollars into. Right. <laughs> but we have a particular anxiousness about like who like expresses solidarity with the community to earn music stream dollars <laughs> like <laughs> which they probably overall aren't. Earning a huge amount to really impact their career that much, so you know I, I I like what you said about it is important that a bad bunny or an Ariana Grande, Grande whatever her name is, <sighs> maybe not mention her because she's problematic in other ways, but they are definitely <laughs> lovers of the queer community. You know they they are you know use their platforms and support often, which is a good thing. But when we play that whole game of are they, aren't they, and then nobody is confirming are they, aren't they, it does start feeling a little (laughs) queer-baity, you know? And that, like, I get it. There would probably be still, even in this day and age, some professional repercussions for you if you are and you came out. You know, I'm not going to deny that the world isn't a fucked up mean place, for sure. But I definitely always want to see us be careful. And, and to the point of the Cassandra movie, did we not have enough queer Latinos to be in this movie? <laughs> true. You know, and, Sorry, true. I, and I, I'll make the same critique. A Movedar, who Gabriel has played queer for in his movies before, too, famous Spanish director, like, a uh, queer, openly queer Spanish director, um, also loves to put heterosexual men in his very heavily coveted roles. Antonio Banderas has been in almost every one of this man's movies. But most recently, this gay cowboy short thing is Ethan Hawke and... Um oh god he's in everything now. Uh Pedro Pascal, right? Playing queer and apparently the movie's great and they did a lovely job and again love the allyship but do you need to take our roles in movies? <laughs> Like I know this is a tricky subject in conversation, but like given the history and the like kind of whole idea of drama and queer folk and like you know <laughs> we're often writing these things and like scoring the music and like like can we not act in roles about us like you know and i no get
1: i I agree I mean, if there's truly. <clears throat> no one to fill the shoes of the role or if say somebody looks remarkably and strikingly like say a a famous person that they're trying to portray I understand in those cases but honestly in my opinion I think it's bullshit I think trans people should play trans people Mm -hmm. I think gay people should play gay people I just think that it doesn't yeah, I mean we we any... aren't in
0: Shakespeare days anymore. Like men do not like have to put on wigs and play the women's roles, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, agreed. I mean, and and, and it's tough, like, because I get it. On some some point, they're probably saying, "Well, if we really want anybody to watch this movie, we need to put some." like name recognition but if you're never putting queer folks in these roles they're never going to get name like how do they get to like aspire to name recognition so they are the like the ones that are in these roles like who is who is who do you think is the most famous gay or lesbian out actor right now like I don't know. Who's that guy who is in nine perfect strangers who's in something else? Like, uh, like I I'm always thinking Tom Holland-ish, but isn't it? it's not Tom Holland? <laughs> I just added Tom Holland. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um uh Luke Evans, right? Luke Evans is like now like getting cast in like every gay white male role, right? And and I would say he has like name recognition but like then it falls into like uh dominance you know like uh who was the one a few years ago who was in my best friend's wedding uh that guy was playing queer in like every movie and of course there are always like white queer actors too that are like rising oh rupert everett of course (laughs) how could i forget rupert everett um (laughs) You know, and I mean, I say all that to say, like, look, give, you know, give people a chance, like a good acting role, like with like good studio support for, you know, non-name actor. You know, I think, you know, if you are fortunate enough to have like Apple TV or whatever, like they're doing a lot of interesting, really well written shows, really well invested shows with barely known actors and they are getting critical reception <laughs> you know like right. if, if you're hiring the right people for the job they, they don't need to have like ethan hawk in their name necessarily so true that's just my. no i,
1: I agree with that gripe. i think that's a that's pretty obnoxious honestly and i think that there's plenty of people out there that can portray those and and you know i understand when people are like Well, that's the point of acting. You can act, but it's like, but there's so many people that are waiting for their big break or waiting for their opportunity that fill that role far better. And why not pay homage to the characters that they're portraying by being the thing that they're portraying? I don't know. Just
0: no, and more obnoxiously, let's stop calling them brave. That's it. Like, not only are you like a slap in the face casting like a heterosexual identifying actor in these roles, then you're calling them brave for portraying that. Are we really still in that fucking era where like, you know, it's brave to have an on-screen same sex kiss. Fuck you. It's so overdone. It's not brave. That's when I will say it's acting. You're a pretty shit fucking poor actor. If it requires bravery for you to pull this off.
1: Right, I agree.
0: <laughs> Brave is like not wearing makeup in films when you're like seventy years old. <laughs> that shit, I am always like kudos, like because we know how dressed up Hollywood is, and anytime I see an actor or an actress in a role at like portraying their real age and looking their t- real age, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, because we know how harsh that fucking world is for that kind of stuff. Um. Amen. Uh, Who would you, if there was a biopic that was going to be done about you and me, who would you want for the role of you? Of me? Uh huh.
1: Ugh, I don't know. First of all, I don't know actors and actresses' names. Just never been a thing that retained in my head aside from like 10 of them. Um, but honestly. No idea. I don't think anybody looks like me. I think I have a very particular look.
0: Um I just I just had a suggestion from the, the audience pool of Helena Bonham Carter, which I think would actually be like a wonderful who selection. What
1: the fuck to. is that? This is what I mean. I know, know
0: her. Yeah. From uh, the who's the director she used to be married to? Um, the one who does Yeah, I know. Actresses. I am
1: looking at her now. I don't I that's that would almost be a
0: compliment, but she's like 20 years older than me, so. Well, yeah, she'd be too old by the time our biopic came out. That is very true. Well, no, she's too old now. Good point. She's already too old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not 60.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> we have to get you back tapped into pop culture. We got to figure this out.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of anybody that actually looks like me, but like, let me see, hold on. I there's so many people that I don't know the fucking names of. <laughs> oh, I was going to say like Monica Bellucci, who's older than the other ones. So never mind. <laughs> see, see? <laughs>
0: it's so hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have no. I don't I don't know names, but I also don't I <sighs> beats me because the problem is that like there's not a lot of actresses out there that that look like me because like I, you know my look is very much like i'm I would be cast as like the comedy person because of my sure. big nose and my weird shape, and you know like it's so it's not really like a thing okay I can't really so, put
0: my so let's take out like looks is there any like bisexual actresses regardless of looks who you would like want to play you um uh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox, I love you. <laughs> Hell to the fucking yes. Absolutely. I know. So I was like struggling to try to figure out like, like who, who it would be for me. Like, and then like I was like, oh, like look at my queer actor choices. Like, so I, I don't know if they're, they're, you know, is somebody, I mean, no, I can't think I of... guess Lady Gaga could work
1: for me because she has a ah. similar nose to mine. But...
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was, like, trying to think of somebody, like, like, Jesus-y looking and queer, and I couldn't, like, I couldn't come up with anybody, so... You know, somebody can make a recommendation. <laughs> and no, nobody's allowed to, like, make the Russell Brand comparison anymore, especially not with, like, the deep doo-doo shit he's in. I don't want to hear that, like, Russell I've never
1: anymore. thought of him and thought of you in the same, like, that's never been. Well,
0: I've also heard. Hold on,
1: there's, like, hold on, there's such a, there is totally an actor that looks like you, but I don't think he's gay and I can't remember his fucking name. Hold on. Let me see if i can try to
0: fucking google it yeah another one i'm not fond of is like chris rock or not chris rock no fuck yeah no. No, chris rock. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy if people compared me to chris rock um i meant to say kid rock <laughs> who is also an equally insulting comparison so fuck off with that one and I think when I had short hair, I heard Tom Green before. Also, fuck off. So, Oh, God. Yeah. No. I, I know. I think people just think of, like, tall, like, people with, like, you know, slightly prominent noses, and then they throw, like, weird names out. Like, if Chris Rock were, or Chris Rock, I keep saying that. If Kid Rock, I already like Chris Rock. I would love to be compared to Chris Rock, but that's not going to happen. Because I think he's an Aquarius as well. Yeah, Chris Rock is also an Aquarius. But Kid Rock, if he had better politics, I wouldn't mind, like, the comparison so much. Oh, God, nothing
1: like him. He's so gross. No. (laughs) Absolutely fucking
0: not. <laughs> oh, shit, Betty. Shit. So There is
1: definitely... We'll, we'll have to revisit it. There is definitely an actor that looks like you when he has long hair, and I can't fucking put my finger on it. Ugh, I have the worst memory with names. When it oh, I mean, like I that,
0: do, but. too. Like, most of the time, I start describing it, and then, like my significant other like will pull up the name for me because they know exactly who I'm talking about (laughs) 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 that's the kind of partner you want to get in your life I'm thinking of and you'll have to say two words and they figure it out for you so I feel like
1: hold on hold on hold on I'm gonna find it I'm gonna find it I'm gonna find
0: it oh you know what Christian Bale with long hair oh. could definitely pull it off. Oh, Christian Bale! I like that one. Yeah,
1: him. Yeah. If you've looked, if you've seen him with long hair, he definitely he could he could definitely play
0: you for sure. He made out with Ewan McGregor in a movie. That was a pretty hot oh, scene. Wow. One of wow. his like first. I mean, I know Christian Bale started off as like a kid actor and shit, but like one of his like first adult roles was in this like loose. Uh, biography of um, David Bowie. I don't remember what the fuck it was called now. But it, like, kind of alludes to, like, all this, like, queerness within, like, the David Bowie, like, world. But, like, definitely imagines it full force and gives you some, like, kind of hot, hot queer male on male action scenes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Here for it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... What else? I mean, it's just great to be back on the mic with you, for sure. Fuck
1: yeah. I'm happy to be here.
0: And, you know, I do have some unfortunate news that we've lost our producer, who's like... We're supporting to go on and do bigger and better things. Um, thank you, B, for all of your hard work. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you. this episode is not gonna sound nearly as good as the previous ones, but I will do my best. <laughs> 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 uh shit. So
1: Yeah, back to popsicle sticks and tape. So Pop- sorry everybody. You know
0: we do popsicle sticks and tape real good sometimes. Real good. <laughs> <gasps> uh so anything you'd like to add for today's show, Mia Moore?
1: I don't think so. Um everybody support us by giving us a listen, giving us a like, giving us a download. I'm not even gonna try to get you over to my OnlyFans. Fuck it. I'm over it. But if you would like to, it's Felicia Rose New is the new link Ooh. because they shut me down back in February. So it's been a hell of a fucking year. Woohoo.
0: Fuck that. Um
1: and other than that, you know, keep your dicks wet and your clits met and <laughs> have a great time, everybody.
0: Fuck yeah. Thank you.